What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another great edition of Smart Mark Talk, brought to you by Combat Academia. It's your boy, Val Cisco, alongside me, as always, the ultimate strong style tag team partner in the podcasting world, Mr. Jay Rant, Jay Hashira. How you doing, buddy? Oh, yes. Epic intro. I am good. I'm chilling, man. Excited to be back. Energies and vibes is all right and half from last night. How you doing, though, brother? I am still riding that high off of last night. The world of professional wrestling was shook to its core in one of the best pay-per-views that people have seen in a very long time. I know there's a lot of news that we could probably cover over the last week or so. We have been having a little bit of a hiatus. I, I'll say this right now. It's because of me. I've been sick as a dog. I've been <laughs> sick from like last Sunday to I, I just got that better this Sunday. So, you know, that's all me. Tell them the truth. You've been raging in the mosh pits at an All-American Rejects concert. <laughs> Tell them the truth. That's exactly what happened. I lost the tooth jamming out to Swing Swing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but we're glad that you're feeling better, brother. You know, like, dude, you half assing it. You know, rest is and your health is more important, man. So you're feeling great. We back at it, brother. We missed you here. I missed you. Oh, I miss you too, buddy. I miss you too. Since, since you know, our little hiatus, I will say before we even get on to this, I have to acknowledge this because we didn't get a chance to do it last week. <laughs> yes, man, I love it. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. <laughs> a di- different, different corporation, though. The NWA, new NWA heavyweight champion of the world, my man, Dirty Dick Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bro, I know that is your dude. How are you feeling about that, bro? Like, that's crazy. Because you, we didn't think he was going to go over, man. He went over. You know, at one, you know, at what time I felt that um, he was going to go over when I saw Camilla and Adonis retain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At that moment, I was like, Nick Oldis is dropping the strap. Whew. Uh, when did I think? Um, I don't know, man. I, you know what? I had a strong feeling. New Japan strong feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a strong feeling when I heard him on the Busted Radio, Busted Open yeah. Radio podcast, when he was promoting the brand, when he was mm-hmm. promoting himself and promoting, you know, the likes of the past people like Dusty Rose and of course Harley Race, which he draws a lot of inspiration from. And I was like, you know, if not now, then when? And if you really want to harken back to the old days of the NWA, this guy's a perfect vessel to use. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was good, it was a good match. I, I wouldn't say it was a great match. It wasn't say I wouldn't say this is like a Dave Meltzer seven star match. But for a slow pace NWA match with a awesome finish and a great story book finish with his family coming to the ring, um, it's one of the reasons why I love professional wrestling. Because at the end of the day, we look at professional wrestling. And we're like, okay, these are gods right there. These are Adonises, like you said right there. Um, larger than life characters beautiful bodies all this stuff and then you look at this normal guy Mm -hmm. with a normal body type 
and a normal family as well too and just to see that celebration that one of us the people out there whether you're in the east north southwest someone like us a wrestling fan someone who loves traditional wrestling as well too grew up with the likes of the nwa and georgia championship wrestling finally gets a shot to hold one of the most prestigious titles in the world wrestling that was just a heartfelt and a good moment don't know how long he's going to last as a champion. Don't know if they're ever going to put it back on Aldis again. But I'm damn sure happy to see that man succeed. Oh, yeah. I feel you, bro. Like, I think it's definitely, you know, homage, tribute, like you said, to Harley Race. Because I think NWA went out and tweeted. Like, he had the same Harley Race colors on, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Like, the jacket and everything. So, it definitely was, you know, a homage to that old school style of wrestling and like you said we're used to seeing these big greek gods these adonises and for like your average joe trevor murdoch to get it you know it's like that's fucking awesome and people out there can relate to that like dreams are achievable so that that was fire i i did enjoy that i know you were super happy i am i am i'm you know i'm still riding that high right there and you know it, it does come with the stands as well too and i think we'll talk about the stands coming out of all out as well of just the amount of toxicity that's still in the wrestling uh community it, it, it's it's there's no place for it there's no place for it really is it because we're all succeeding at this moment in time yeah. right like mm -hmm. wrestling has not been as hot as as it's been since i want to say the early 90s this is that mm -hmm. boom that we've been waiting for where there's a little bit of everything for everyone right now and everyone right now with probably I'll, I'll put the wwe to the side everyone really at this moment in time is working together to make the industry of pro wrestling succeed mm -hmm. whether you're the nwa whether you're even empowered we could talk about empowered and how how beautiful that show was laid out with a mixed variety of wrestlers um and then just be you know the beautiful masterpiece that mickey james did producing the show as well too um so many great matches that came out of that so many great contenders that came out of that um i hope this is not the last time we get to see a mickey james production in an nwa i don't think it is but I, I, I will say that that was a master class when it comes to a woman that wants to get the damn job done in pro wrestling mm -hmm. you saw you saw uh but first of all I, but i do agree with you i think like these companies just sat down at the round table and they were like you know we got to make wrestling fun again yep. we, we're seeing what's going on we're seeing the you can say almost a dictatorship the monopoly that was going on with wrestling with the wwe i'm not going to try to bash it but that's what it really was and that's why we got that stagnant stale wrestling you know i'll say like you said it wasn't hot since the 90s possibly early 2000s because it was still rocking mm -hmm. you know so it was still rocking and i think these companies just sat down and said hey we have to make it fun for us as well as for the fans you know that's the most important thing to us the fans you and i and everybody out there so um like you said it's a resurgence of wrestling it feels like monday night war 2.0 but just like boosted up to, to the max and you're seeing these wrestlers now that's why i think that the wrestlers that wwe released are also the catalyst to this boom that we're seeing wrestlers that did not go to wwe that have ha always heckled wwe young bucks let's say you know mm -hmm. we're seeing this they're the catalyst and they know and wrestlers that came out they're bringing their knowledge as well because you know wwe is a juggernaut it still is a juggernaut but they're taking this like we spoke off the podcast mark henry you know with the softball game with pro wrestling tees bringing this marketing this branding for aew so these are the catalysts that has this boom going on and then you see it in these productions like let's just say nwa empowered where 
where you saw Mickey James open up with this heartfelt speech crying. And you can tell this was her blood, sweat and tears, her, her livelihood, her passion for wrestling in this event from top to bottom. And it was just so reminiscent and seeing this mix of all this talent, all this phenomenal talent, but these women just went out there and just tore the house down from beginning to end. It was a straight high. There was no, no down moment in that event, honestly. So it's great to be a wrestling fan again, and it sucks. And there is no place for all these, you know, stands, these marks just criticizing. Like I just went yesterday on Twitter and I knew I could find something really fast. That guy, oh, of course, when, when one of the surprises came out, you know, he was like, oh, sending the, the, the the head of the table just send a B player over to the B company. Like, no, there's no time for this. We should just be celebrating, rejoicing, and having fun and holding hands like the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Uh, and you know, you make fair points with that too, man, because w when I look at this a a as a whole, and I try to compare it to other eras, like even the Attitude Era, for example, um, what captured us as, as children? Basically, we were kids, you know, kids going mm -hmm. into teenagers, right? What captured yeah. us? And it was the realism that this wasn't just a comic book show anymore this wasn't just people in tights you know pretend to be superheroes there was a sense of realism there was a sense of i'm in on the joke i'm in with you guys i'm in the ring with you and made me want to watch week to week and i kept thinking to myself like what has changed since then and i see what the NWA, Impact Wrestling, MLW, AAA, and, and now AEW, what they've been able to accomplish over the last couple of like years, year to a year, uh, to two years. And it's, they're capturing that realistic eye again, that, 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 we, you know, this is fun, but this is entertaining, but this is professional wrestling. This is why you want to watch week to week. And it's not over sexualized like it was in the Attitude Era. Nope. You know, there's a little bit of everything for everyone. When you look at, you know, places like AEW, yes, there's a lot going on sometimes. But if, you you know, I look at my kids and I look at what they look at AEW and they're like, wow, like there's places like the Dark Order. There's a person like Hangman Page. There's interesting women now in the women's division like a Britt Baker, like a Chris Statlander, who's always been there, but now it's coming into her stride. Like an Abaddon as well, too, that, you know, there's a little bit of everything for a girl as well, too. There's uh, a, a, a beautiful tag team division. There's intense matches. There's family. There's so many factions that you can gravitate to. There's people that are relatable that you've known from the past and new people as well, too. And when a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old all say that, damn, I want to go to a show like that because they're having fun and it doesn't turn them away because there's nothing really to turn them away. Maybe a little bit of blood, but that's about it man that's that's something special right there that means that the other company right now not to bash them too much is insulting the intelligence of a lot of kids because what they perceive the kids do like on a day-to-day -day basis is not working this right here this nwa impact aew they are not insulting the fans intelligence that's the thing um these companies are capturing realism for me as well, I notice gimmicks are always going to be a part of wrestling. Yeah, of course, I get it. But it's not an oversaturation of insulting gimmicks like we see from the other company. Not to bash too much, just, you know, trying to stay away. Because the first thing that pops in my head is the Sultan. I don't know why. But like, <laughs> it's, it's realism. It's 
um, using everything. It's touching our emotions. It's using the gimmicks, but not super oversaturated. Hell, what made NWO so popular in WCW? It was the realism factor, and they're hitting that. They're using families. They're using the ref. Once again, like you said, look at that um, NWA 73 match where people started throwing stuff at the ref. You know, the ref is not a useless prop as some other companies use them. The ref is very intricate in a wrestling match, and we're seeing that a lot of refs being incorporated much now, which, you know, AEW, where refs are missing, you know, the, the foot on the rope, things like that, to get a little bit of heat for the ref and stuff. So it's it's the whole product which you know everything is being used that's what i'm trying to say yeah so it, it's a great time no no you you make an excellent point with that with the referees with everything um they're not insulting anybody's intelligence you know and if they do mess up like even um for example last night at all out there were plenty of times where there was missed opportunities botches here and there but this company that we're seeing grow before our eyes two almost three years in they have given so much to a fan base to their yeah. fan base or to any fan base because they are welcoming other fan bases in to the point where if a fuck up does happen and they've plenty has happened over the last year the fans are trying to be as much forgiving as possible because of the fact that you are giving them a show still. You are giving them the opportunity to rile back up and say, okay, we're going to make this awesome again. We're just not going to try to make you erase it inside your mind and say, well, let's just do it again because it was a spot. No, they fucked up. It happens. Mistakes yeah. happens. In promos, are they picture perfect? No. Sometimes people ramble a little bit too much like Kenny Omega, but you love it. Oh, I, I love it. You You're not love even in contention. <laughs> <laughs> but like they have their own different styles and it's not a what i love about it is that no one feels the fucking same yeah everybody feels absolutely different from the wrestling style to the promo style to the entrances to every little bit of everything everything is different you're not insulting me and that's what i love it this is how you're going to generate a brand new fan base or establish one in general but let's get into it we talked about it we we've we've rolled out the red carpet aew all out chicago illinois shy town the home of mr chick magnet <laughs> um, <laughs> bro um you were saying it all week this was an event for you um can you just elaborate on that what this pay-per-view meant to you because i have not seen you hyped about a pay-per-view since <laughs> I don't know. Like, like yeah. you were hyped about SummerSlam, but that's because you were going to it. Yeah. But this is different, though. Um. Wow. Uh, I'm thinking. This is just me. I got, I got a brain fart right now. I'm thinking. What was the last paper hype for? Like, let's just say SummerSlam, because I was going to it. But genuinely, being hyped for a pay per view, I have not. I haven't had that love or excitement in a while. And I owe it to Mr. Tony Khan and everybody involved in AEW. I, I owe it to them. Like I told you off the podcast, I am genuinely gushing, gushing over wrestling again. I feel like a child and I'm loving it. And this pay-per-view from top to bottom, it was stacked. So it's all the emotions that I feel with wrestling right now. Um, phenomenal card because they put on a phenomenal card from top to bottom. Everything was a banger. And for me, it was just the excitement as well as like i'm possibly gonna see the best pay-per-view of 2021 and i stand by it as of right now this is the best pay-per-view of the year i know we have bound for glory and we still have a long way to go but that's that was the excitement as well like i'm possibly gonna see the best pay-per-view of the year i'm getting cm punk after seven years 
you know like i'm seeing people being thrown in matches that should not even be there like a mad king eddie kingston like where, where who, who the f- in a title match like that with Miro and other companies not many companies would do that you know so for me it was just pure wrestling bliss and excitement and I was super ecstatic the whole week bro like that that's what it was for me like what was it for you um I think it was a mix of everything a little bit um it was me viewing the outside world I think that's what was making me hyped about this even more I was already hyped about this um you know our boy jeremy and i know you had your reservations as well too about the main event christian i was already all on board when did we ever get yeah. to see a, a person um like christian cage main event a pay-per-view for a championship title yeah. and it's been like almost uh almost a decade since we've seen christian cage at the top tier level and to see him get the main bill at, at, at that pay-per-view was was awesome to me but i know it was a hard sell for a lot of people to see the 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 overflow of excitement from everyone to see that turn and you said it and that that really caught my attention this week i think it was a thursday or friday when you said that aew has made you fall in love with wrestling again like professional wrestling not entertainment um professional wrestling and Mm -hmm. just seeing that and then hearing people like a jim ross saying that in the um in the cm punk interview like that felt kind of real to me honestly straight up jr does a lot of fuck ups but he does see a lot of real shit too he does and just to hear him say that the the entrance and the ovation that cm punk got made him fall in love with wrestling that means this this guy's been on autopilot for about two years in aew so (laughs) that's why the fuck ups come in (laughs) this is true but to see that happen right there that that just invokes so much emotion for him to hear people in general say that aew has made them a fan of the of the party of the phenomenon that that is professional wrestling that got me even more hyped about this pay-per-view because now everyone's on the fucking same level now everyone is in unison now everyone's like you know what this is not about my brand versus your brand this is not about this champion versus that champion this is that this is about professional wrestling is coming to fucking together in, a, in the best ways possible and you saw that last night you saw that it doesn't matter if you're from japan or fucking um boys you are a fucking <laughs> fan of professional wrestling nope but yeah yeah, yeah. I lost uh, you for a second. Yeah, you know? no, it was my, my my alarm. Yeah, or I was gonna say, or Cincinnati, like you know, you may have mocked that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So much to go into. So let's get into it, man. All out, Chicago, Illinois. Um, you know, the buy-in was what it was as well too. The buy-in match was a match to get people. If you are not familiar with AEW, what does this buy-in have to offer? What does AEW have to offer? And in my, you know what? In my opinion, this is a perfect match to use for a buy-in show. Um, it wasn't a casino battle royal. I don't. I never think that that should be on be on a buy-in show whatsoever. It's a little confusing. It's a little different for a new audience. But if you want to do like a a ten-man tag with some of your best hitters right now, this is the best thing to do. So, best friends: Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, and the Jurassic Express Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt defeated the Hardy Family Office of Matt Hardy, Private Party, the Hybrid Two. 
uh, with the blade. Now, I love this because, like I was saying, there's a little bit of everything for everyone in AEW, and you got to see characters here. You got to see a person like a Black Rover. You got to see larger-than-life characters like a Luchasaurus. You got to see familiar characters like a Matt Hardy, and it's a, a very awesome tag to, tag team division where you see people like Jungle Boy um, and Private Party, who, in my opinion, I still love. I, I still think that they're a valuable tag team. Yeah, they're a little lost right now, but I still think they have something that no one else has. And of course, the Hybrid too, which I will say they have been a little buried a tad bit, but they're still a great hand to have, especially for a new audience. You're like, who the fuck are these people? No, I agree. This is a great mix of just tag team wrestling. And in the buy-in, you actually low-key just stunt it out with your tag team division, which you have some of the best tag team wrestling right now in <laughs> professional wrestling, you know? And and there's everything for everybody. Like you said, you get your larger-than-life gimmicks with the Luchasaurus. Then you even get that small character where, hey, I can see myself in that guy, Marco Stunt. You know, Marco mm -hmm. Stunt is always out there. And um, Hybrid 2. Uh, I, I agree with you. They're a little bit varied, but they're very essential right now. They're doing great heel work. Yeah, you know, and and and, and just looking at it, with, I don't, I'm not saying that they're like that, but I can see them possibly getting a nice deep run for these, you know, tag team titles with the great work that they're doing. They should. So, um, but yeah, it was a phenomenal, and I agree with you. A, a match like maybe the Battle Royals were usually in the buy-ins to get all that hype and anarchy, and people say here, you know what, I'm gonna order it. But they learned, you know, this is still a young company, and they learned like this match is something very prominent, and you're getting something big out of this match as a number one contender, you know, title shot. So we definitely have to put this on the show. Yeah, man, and especially when you have, you know, uh, a babyface team win just to enter the show. That's a feel-good moment for the crowd to feel you know um get, get kind of like angsty and ready and getting energetic for the for the start of the pay-per-view you need that and you get a person like orange Cassidy and jungle boy to start that hype train bro you're you're made for money right now so mm -hmm. i'm very happy it doesn't people are ace all stands right here like oh you see orange Cassidy and jungle boy they're on the pre-show matt hardy is on the pre-show like he was in the wwe this let's see here's the difference between this right here selling this pay-per-view and having a pointless pre-show on on the wwe program people how do i say this gently the wwe is a brand mm -hmm. you're gonna buy it if you don't have the network or peacock you're gonna buy it because you know wwe you know i work for a company you know in 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 a tv pay tv industry and i see people still buying wwe pay-per-views to this day without peacock and i'm like okay that's wild that's you're, wild you're buying this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like you're literally buying this for the brand it's like night the the i guess pre-show itself it is useless because no one really is watching it besides background noise which is sad uh because usually they have some time they have good matches um here it's a necessity they are putting out a show so that way you can invest your money if you don't still feel the need to do it Mm -hmm. to buy in literally and of course if you're new to aew if you saw it on a friday rampage if you saw it on a on a wednesday dynamite you're still not convinced and you need that little bit of extra to make you want to watch this man did you see a ruckus crowd you know the entrances especially with with jungle boy and tarzan boy you want to be part of the party so i think this was excellent right there yeah bro i think um like you said if done right buy-in matches pre-shows whatever you want to call it are a necessity so um like you said there are some people still on the edge because like 
bro, I didn't know it's 2021. I didn't know people still order WWE pay-per-views. That's wild. So, yeah. <laughs> but if done right, they can capitalize. So let's get into the main meat of the show. The show started off with a banger. The TNT champion Miro defended his championship against the Mad King. The Yonkers born, Eddie <laughs> Kingston, 236. What we doing, McLean? <laughs> How did you feel about this, man? I know this was one of the matches you were looking forward to going into this show. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Like, I was super hyped about this. You know, like you just mentioned, you know, this guy reps for us, 236th Street, that border, Yonkers, 238, you know, 233rd, everything. He reps for us from the Bronx, from the hood. So we was already hyped with Eddie Kingston coming into this, getting a title shot. So this is one of the things that we say that we can see ourselves in these characters, you know, Eddie Kingston. So I was super hyped because we knew this was going to be the hard-hitting match. We knew, like... I mean, I knew Eddie Kingston wasn't going to go over, but I was going Eddie Kingston, damn it. But um, from when this went down on Rampage, where we just saw Eddie Kingston come out, I got the chink in your armor, I know where your weakness is at. And so just seeing the hard-hitting, brutal match that they put on, you know, the storytelling where Miro's knocking him down, knocking him down, but your man Kingston was not giving up, showing his gritty toughness, you know, from Yonkers and stuff. It, it was it was a hard-hitting match. It was great. It was a phenomenal match to open up with, I believe. It set the tone as well. I didn't think they were going to open up with this, but Rant, man, it says a lot also has you know all the faith that and much love that they have with eddie kingston and how over he is for him to open up and then you know who was it that said it uh jr or somebody said it no i think it was on busted open where they were like i haven't heard a similar pop besides the cm punk one and it's eddie kingston who got that same pop so that just says a lot how over eddie kingston is and just to throw him in there you know a the main event gets a lot of um has a lot of weight to it but also a opening match in a pay-per-view and a big pay-per-view has a lot of weight because you go out there to set the tone you know you can go out there with a lot of jitters and possibly f up and do a lot of botches so opening and beginning have a lot of weight to it and just the fact that they put them in there with Miro, bro it says a lot man it was a great match i will say this the opening match is far more important than the main event um <laughs> when, when it comes to professional wrestling it sets the tone for the whole entire card if you are not fully invested with that first match if you were disappointed with that first match, it will set your yeah. mood up for the next two to three hours right there. You're right, because the ma- uh, the first match is very tricky because the thing is, it's all it's all symbiotic, but it's, it's a very tricky match because, like you said, you have to set the mood. But sometimes if you have a phenomenal match, you know, you can set the bar too high and F up <laughs> with the rest. You get what I'm saying? AMWs has so, done that, but, though. <laughs> <laughs> they have. They have. But that's the thing, though. Like, it's a very important match. And I think it was the right match to open up with. And it was a phenomenal match. Hard hitting. Um, we got a little, like we said, the referee is a intricate part now in wrestling these days. We got the referee saying, no, no, you're not going to use the exposed turnbuckle. That got some heat you know, onto the ref with the fans, like, calling out bullshit with his slow-ass count. It, it was a great match overall, man. Yeah, like, um, I love that. I think that's one of the things that uh, people have criticized AEW was the referees uh, or the lack of rules. And I could understand that as well, too. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, fighter when it comes to, you know, the rules in professional wrestling because it makes heels work better because now they need to find ways to break the rules. So, like, in this match right here, you know, you mm-hmm. take the turnbuckle off, you know, you're having the referee trying to you know put it back in place low blows happen 
And it also protects a baby face as well, too. It yeah. doesn't insult your intelligence. It gets the fans riled up because they're calling bullshit. And it protects a person who's over like Eddie Kingston. So that way, if another match were to happen, of course, Miro does go over. He tries to get the accolade. It does not work. He gets to the ropes. Um, Eddie Kingston tries to drive him to the exposed turnbuckle. Uh, referee kind of counters. A low blow happens. Moshka kick. And Eddie Kingston does get pinned but he is still saved yeah. because of that low blow now if i look at this and i love the referee work i'm not gonna i'm not gonna downplay that again but i love the referee work but if i look at this as well too i look at rematch and if i'm gonna make a fucking rematch in this i'm gonna go in that arthur ash stadium in queens new york as this yeah. is the goddamn main event yeah i agree with you it has to be at queens because you know the dude is from new york the question is does he go over why not? Like, oh, AEW yes, does yes. enough <laughs> fan service, right? Yes. Like, it, it's not like WWE where we're in your hometown. Let's bury you. Like, <laughs> they go to hometowns and they fucking make you look like a superstar. Who'd have thought, yeah. right? Yeah, that ass. I think it's only right and it would just be a great, you know, AEW always does fan service, which is their number one thing that that's why people love them. And I think it would just be an insane pop if Eddie Kingston went over in Queens, New York right and like the dude deserves it the dude he does in, in, in a pandemic he made himself like more valuable than he was six months before that um mm -hmm. the dude you know talked his way into an AEW contract had an outstanding match with cody put himself in a fucking faction sold tickets was the main event of full gear last year yeah. sold fucking tickets and still became relevant throughout the year and that's not even him wrestling if I could like count just on my hand, straight up, <laughs> I can't. I can't even count on my hand how many times he's actually been in like singles matches on TV. But you know, the tag team matches with Moxie, yeah. But singles matches, no, no, no. It's really him talking and just yeah. him telling stories. His body language, the way he talks, is a, it's a sense of realism. He does not insult your intelligence, and that's why I love. This is why we love him and Miro as well too, playing the role playing the role of the big brute that would do anything to hold that title i love it i think these guys mesh pretty well and i cannot yeah. wait for the next match if these were to happen again oh yeah man they do it, it just has to happen it, it, it the way it ended like you said kingston is saved and this has to go down um if it's not kip sabian coming back into this picture it has to continue with eddie kingston man it's great Ooh, and speaking about greatness, let's get on to the next match right here because our boy John Moxley, the newly crowned GCW oh. champion. <laughs> yeah. we, we can talk about that a little in, later. In, impact, you left money on the table. Bro, straight Hello. up. The hardcore <laughs> Macho King still had a lot of legs going. My man bought into that gimmick. Matt Cardona spent his hard-earned money in that, on a t-shirt, on graphics, on a title, on, on the fucking that. crown on everything bro impact just like you said brother impact they left money on the table with bound for glory coming up you could you could have got your boy nick gage <laughs> i swear in fact sometimes you do a lot of dumb shit we still love you it's like the kid that yeah. never fucking learns you're like i still oh, love that. you but i want to smack the shit out of you Dead ass, bro. Um, but you know newly crowned gcw champion john moxley takes on the legend of all japan new japan kojima in an exhibition match and 
I gotta love the fact that John Moxley is bringing that New Japan flavor to um, AEW when he's busting down the the forbidden doors, um, having awesome matches, whether it's on Dynamite and now, of course, here on pay-per-view. I know a lot of people from a casual standpoint may not know who kojima is this guy is a battle-tested warrior all japan iwgp heavyweight champion this guy has had battles all over the world and to see the respect i love the fact that this whole entire audience maybe not the whole audience but at least 75 percent of the audience were educated professional wrestling fans and they gave this man love when he came out they gave this man respect yes the man's sipping 51 i get it but at the end of the day this guy still brings a sense of realism and awe from his new japan um um, um i guess gravitas if you will I love it. You're absolutely correct, bro. If there are two old people in wrestling, I don't want to say old, but they look phenomenal. Kojima, 51. Finn Balor, like 47. Like, bro, <laughs> these these dudes put me to shame. But anyways, um, this was my favorite match of the night. I'll say yeah? It. Like, yeah, this was my favorite match of the night. This was not only, do like you said, knocking down the forbidden door. I love the work that Moxley is doing with New Japan. Like, he's bring low-key, if you look at it, Moxley is bringing over New Japan talent. He's bringing over, and he's keeping New, J- New Japan relevant in the United States. You know, he's doing all this work, calling out Tanahashi, doing this phenomenal match with Kojima. Um, what happened after the match where we got, I'm going to blow my wad, where we got a mother flipping Minoru Suzuki come out. Like, mm-hmm. bro, with Kenta, low-key, uh, Lance Archer, he's doing a lot of New Japan wrestling work out here, and I love him for that. And we, you know, Kojima's a legend. He has held 20, 19 or 20 titles by himself, you know? So seeing the, the strong style with the aggressiveness that john moxley brings the aggressiveness that kojima brings these are like two you know dudes looking in the mirror just at different ages and it was just a hard-hitting match you know it always felt like kojima was one lariat away from pinning john moxley and with the back and forth the strong style in the ring just slapping each other up it, it was great the match just started intense with the chops bro like it, it was a phenomenal match i think for me, this was my favorite moment, especially with Harry after the match. Like, these two dudes went out there and just tore the house down, in my opinion. Now, I also heard the stands with this match as well, too. Oh, you see, the WWE brings Goldberg back and everybody yeah. shits on it. You bring a 51-year-old Kojima, everybody loves this, it. You, can't, you cannot put, sorry for cutting you off, you cannot put Goldberg in the same sentence as Kojima. It's yeah. just blasphemous. You cannot sit here and compare Goldberg to Kojima. But that, that, that is the argument that you see <laughs> online right there because the age and the ageism. And I don't think it was ever a fact of ageism when people look at the WWE and say, oh, Goldberg's at the main event. No, it's yeah. more so that the work rate and what does yeah. uh, that that performer you, have to do you, or, or go 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 for it i'm sorry for, for all the stands point me in their direction i will sit here and sit and say goldberg is 54 years old kojima's 51 at what moment in the match did john moxley felt threatened for his life like bobby lashley did at SummerSlam? yeah you get what exactly. i'm saying you you look at the work that goldberg puts in he's potentially one suplex away from crippling somebody as to kojima which he did not look bloated he did not look blown up kojima looked like a 20 year old in there you know so, why uh, yeah. it's because they booked the match specifically for 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 the wrestlers they're not 
overexerting themselves. They already know the game plan. They're not trying mm-hmm. things new with Kojima. They were, you know, they gave these guys 11 minutes. They probably could have gave them 10 or 9 to make it a little more snugged. But I would have taken 20. <laughs> <laughs> they know this is not Kojima of like 2001. This is Kojima 2021. So they're they're taking their time. They're trusting a person like John Moxie to have a very strong style Japanese type match with not a lot of too like too many like head injuries they did a head bunt here they did the paradigm shifts i get it the clotheslines and saido saido suplexes but relatively it was a safe match for a man of that age but it still looked real still felt real still felt like a strong style match they're not making kojima go to the fucking top rope and do a fucking hurricanrana or whatnot no like they know his limits and they're working with his limits as well too with the wwe they're still trying new shit with goldberg yeah like, at 54 at 54 <laughs> you're trying to make him do a steiner screwdriver and shit. Like, <laughs> get out of here with all this nonsense but you're right man like it, you cannot like i said i'll go back you cannot compare to all the stands out there you cannot compare goldberg to kojima that's it man and like you said aw smart for knowing how to use kojima at his age opposed to wwe yeah you're right yeah. you're right and- that's a phenomenal point and the fans love it too because the fans are understanding. This is what I'm saying with the with the symbiotic relationship between AEW and their fans, is that they know that this is not a a young young lion Kojima. This is someone that's you know relatively older in their age that still has a little bit left in the wrestling world. But of course, they can't go zero to hundred like other people in New Japan right now. Still, they're respecting the fact that this guy can still play the greatest hits and make it look good as well too and they have a person like moxie who's working safe with him to have an entertaining match so the crowd's gonna love it doesn't matter if this guy looks 51 years old moxie made him look like he was 27. yeah i agree with you um before i get to the question that i want to ask you um and i want your i want i want to feel that energy those vibes but um you're right the crowd was absolutely rabid the crowd was very educated for this because you got let's go moxley and then you heard the kojima chant like the crowd was super split I, that made me feel happy for kojima like you said you know the crowd was like we acknowledge you, acknowledge you. we know who you are acknowledge you know? me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We get who you are. We know who you are. We know what you've done for this wrestling industry. And I love that. The crowd, that was another thing that just boosted this match up for me, man. Honestly, I was super glued to this match. That's why this was the favorite match of the night for me. And then the moment. I want to hear from you because I know that we heard your excitement on the chat. But what did you feel? Because I know you love your boy, Minoru Suzuki. When that music hit, when all when you saw him, when the Titantron hit, how did you feel? Give me the emotions. Still the best part by night uh mm-hmm. we can talk about the people that came out later on and all that stuff that's great and everything but this was my moment right here when i hear kazini nare fucking on uh, <laughs> uh, loud in the stadium and not just that not just uh, just to paint the picture for people that didn't get to watch the pay-per-view and those that did i'll paint that picture again when you see the expression on john moxley's face yes. when the music hits mm-hmm. and it's not even that too it's the ruckus ovation and we're not even in the the main like hype parts of the song just the the, the pianos and the guitar just strumbling along and the lights go out you're hearing you see moxie's face a la randy orton looking at the undertaker survivor series when he busts yeah. out the casket <laughs> the the fear in his eyes when you see this old samurai come out not saying a goddamn word and 
this educated audience almost brought me to tears because of the fact that they're singing the the song as well to hype singing the praises of this man this legend Minoru Suzuki you know the dragon himself coming in the slayer of young lions coming <laughs> in and not saying a word staring down Moxley I could have just had that and I would have been fucking set in my life I would have been just fine but then to see them go at it forearm to forearm gotch pile driver and <laughs> leaving the fucking ring and leaving Moxley in, in a piece of shit of himself and then to say that this coming Wednesday in Cincinnati we're gonna get fucking Minoru Suzuki and John fucking Moxley bro I, I blew my wad nothing right there I don't care who came out later on I was happy this was enough for me one two matches no three matches two 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 to three matches I saw already on this whole goddamn card I was fine I fucking love it, bro. I love it. I love it. Because I knew this was your moment of the night. When I seen the Titantron music hit, I'm like, oh my God, he's creaming in his boxes right now. Like, yeah. this is his moment. And it was at that moment, bro, like I had to get a re-up on my beer, but I did not leave my TV. I, I was just glued like a child on Saturday morning cartoons, cheesing. Just, it was such a feel-good moment. Like you said, just watching him the crowd super educated not you know he didn't even say nothing just coming out smiling and that's what made it even more impactful john moxley to sit here and say like i think he said what the fuck or shit no you know yep. just to see the fear in his face like he saw his maker his creator walking down the ramp for john moxley the innovator of violence you, you got the true daddy of innovator of violence, Minoru Suzuki, coming out and just sitting there, chop for chop, blow for blow, headbutt for headbutt, and then the beautiful, like, Minoru Suzuki going under the clothesline, bro, slapping into submission, the rear naked. Oh, it, it was just so beautiful. Like you said, the cherry on top, Wednesday. Oh, phenomenal. See, and this is what's, what, what used to frustrate me about the WWE. I'm going to go on a little tangent right now because I have to. I have to. I'm going to bash right now because they love to live in their own bubble and create their own history. And I get it. If this is what you want to do, if you see yourself as your own little HBO, Netflix, and this is your own bubble, I totally get it. But you also, when you do this, you neuter the genuine hype, the genuine love for certain professional wrestlers. And that's what they are. They're not actors in your fucking movie. They're professional wrestlers. That's how they make their living. Okay. So when I see a person like a Shinsuke Nakamura and I hear the excuse that he's not getting over because his English is not so well or that he's too ethnic for people or that um, it's just he doesn't look like he's he's motivated um oh he's dangerous he's too strong style he's too stiff and then i look on the other side of the pond and i see a person like minoru suzuki who's not shown up on aew who has doesn't even have to cut a fucking promo and just shows his goddamn presence and is loved and still talked about to the next goddamn day there's levels to this man there's levels to this and, and that's because that 
at least this company from what i'm seeing so far respects the history and the lineage of what the body of work of this wrestler has has done over the past years two decades three decades and it, it makes me emotional because it shows that everyone has a fucking chance to look good why the hell do you neuter people just because they're not making it big just because you didn't create them you're not gonna push them just because you yourself do not see them as a big deal so you're gonna kind of strip them away from what people know of them and make them in your image like your fucking god no all right this is when you look at a person like a keith lee who has the history the history and the fan base and you strip him down to nothing the Seth Rollins in a way as well too has the history with the Tyler Black and you strip him down to nothing I don't get it I don't get it I, I really fucking don't get it so I, I love the fact that Manoa Suzuki even if he stays for a cup of coffee he had this this yeah. is already legendary this is something you talk about 10 years from now you know god bless if AEW still around at that time 10 years from now you're gonna remember Minoru Suzuki all out 2021 yeah this is this is Minoru showing up AEW doing this it's um something that stands the test of time and it will always be in the annals of wrestling history yep. honestly yep yeah uh, done with that rant right there let's get on to the next one right here <laughs> um women's championship world women's championship match dr Britt baker dmd with jamie hater and reba rebel on her side two heaters taking on chris statlander with orange cassidy i will say this match um it wasn't the least on my radar there was one match that was but um, <laughs> interesting I already feel that this match was going to be okay. I feel like I've seen this match before, so I wasn't as hyped as I wanted to be. And if anything, I feel that Britt Baker, even though she's a heel, she's still the fan favorite going into this match. So it will be hard yeah. for people to invest in a Chris Statlander, even if you had an Orange Cassidy by her side. So I was already going into it kind of feeling meh. But I will say, though, they had a good match. They had a pretty damn decent match. How did you feel about it? This was actually uh, one of my favorite matches that I was looking forward to uh, on the card when I saw this because I was like, bro, Chris Stetlander, Britt Baker, they're going to tear the house down. With, with the phenomenal card that we had, this was honestly, you know, on the list of potential breakouts match of the night. And I was looking forward to it. Like you said, I've been a little stale on DMD just because I feel that for me, for me, for me, the, the hunt was better. The chase was better, you know, than like, you know, kind of like Ultimate Warrior. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Like the hunt was better. And now that you have the title, it's like, oh, fuck, what are we doing, True. Not saying that that's what's <laughs> happening, but for me, that's what's going on. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But um, they went out there and they had a phenomenal match, bro. Like, how did I wanted to ask you, how did you how did you think um Setlanders in ring was? Because I know you always said that she still has a lot more of growing to do. How did you feel about it? I feel like they worked a very safe match. I mean, there were some parts where she took some liberties, like that pendulum, uh, what was it, moonsault oh, yeah, that she the does? Moonsault, yeah, um, That looked pretty tough, <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think that she does a lot of creative things, but at the same time, in this match in particular, she didn't go overboard with her arsenal because we didn't want this to be a match where the women were the sour point of the pay-per-view you know what i mean yeah and we've seen that many times in fact that's probably like the most uh the most criticism comes out of the women's division of aew so mm -hmm. they worked a very safe match um 
I think she looked impressive. She still has a very great, like, strength aspect about herself. Very innovative. I love her character work. Um, I love her involvement with Orange Cassie. The spot that she had with the countout. I thought that was very impressive with Orange Cassidy hyping her up. We never mm-hmm. see Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Cassidy. We never see Orange Cassidy ever get hyped up about anything. So to see him take off the glasses and go go to fucking town, yeah. that was fun. Um, I thought it was a good match. I thought I liked the heaters. The heaters were good. Jamie Hater, uh, Hater and Rebel were good. Uh, Rebel just looking like. <laughs> what does your dad say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna repeat that right there, but. <laughs> I, I thought that everyone looked pretty damn good in this match, and I think they succeeded. Was it the, to me, was it the match that sold the show? Maybe not, but I, in my opinion, I just think that we need someone that's going to overshadow the hype that Britt Baker brings into the ring. Once you find that baby face that can really have a genuine fan base cheering for them, that's going to be the match that's going to have everyone scream at the top of their lungs. Yeah. Overall, it was a good match. Like you said, it was very safe. I saw that. Um, to me, I wasn't disappointed with Stetlander's in-ring performance. We know she's very ambitious. So um, it was a very, you know, ground-based match because we know sometimes Stetlander and Penelope Ford love to go to that top. Yes. So, um, especially Penelope safe. Ford. <laughs> yeah, especially Penelope Ford. <laughs> but it was very safe. It was a great match. Um, we know Britt went over. Um, let's see Let's see what's next, bro. Overall, it was a good match. I, was a little, I, I mean, I expected more, but it was good for what we got. Yeah, I agree as well, too. I had a good time with that one. Um, now, do you see... Well, let's just talk about one thing that, that was pretty damn cool in that match. The Pittsburgh, what was it, Sunrise? Oh, um, yeah, the Pittsburgh Sunrise, yeah. <laughs> I think that was probably one of the biggest pops we saw at the nighttime as well, too. I think the crowd really saw that as a sign of things to come later as well. Did you see any indication with that when you saw that, or you just thought that nah. I was paying homage to the hubby? Nah, I just thought that I was paying homage for the hubby, man. I, to me, I'm still, I'll be, before we get into that, I'm still pinching myself about that surprise yeah. to this day. Yeah, I'm still pinching myself. I don't believe it. But yeah. um, I think it was just, for me at that moment, I didn't look at it as, you know, like, as like, okay, hey, I'm dropping hints, kind of like, remember when they flickered the lights for Malachi Black? I just thought it was just a homage, like, hey, I'm here with you, sand in the solidarity. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> Let's talk about the match, though, that a lot of people felt like they stole the show. Um, yeah. a, a match that went through so many emotions. Um, hell, even had a, almost a Ric Flair, I'm sorry, I love you moment in a way. Um, Death-defying, painful to see to some people, um, bloody, messy, emotional, um, and out of nowhere too, in my, in my opinion, out of nowhere. Um, the Lucha Brothers take on the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships in a steel cage. I, I will say this, I... I was concerned a little bit because of the steel cage. I thought that this was a prop that wasn't needed. Okay. I felt like these uh, these kind of characters gel well in, in general, and they work well, especially when you have a lot of figures like outside interference. I, I feel like it still could work pretty well. I just didn't know what the cage aspect, what, what would it do? What would it benefit to the, all four of these players? And man was, it was an integral part. If, if I know, if I love one thing again about AEW is that they really don't use their, their special matches uh, sparingly. 
um, um, mm-hmm. or they, they kind of, or willy nilly, they they make sure that there's a reason behind them. Like we didn't see a steel cage before this since the Cody and um, Warlow match. Mm-hmm. That's true. So there's meaning to it. There's not like there's like the fifth or sixth cage we saw this year. So there's there's a hypeness <laughs> to it, like some other companies. I'm taking shots now. I'll give a fuck. <laughs> I'll take a shot like a hell in the cell on Monday Night Raw. Bro, like a hell like a hell in the cell from Friday to Sunday to Monday. <laughs> like <laughs> But um I gotta say this was a fucking emotional match. Uh, a match that was twenty-two minutes and five uh, and five seconds. This this match was everything from a regular tornado tag team match to a bloody war to paying homage to other tag teams out there to showing love for brothers. I love that. I mm-hmm. think this is the first time I've ever seen outside of of maybe Lucha Underground or even just in Mexico in general, where we saw the brother connection between Phoenix and, and Penta. And it made for awesome storytelling. Um, I love the innovativeness from the Young Bucks as well, too, especially with Brandon Cutler doing an amazing throw from the bottom <laughs> across to the cage. Uncle Rico. <laughs> I'm a man, Uncle straight up. <laughs> like, yeah, one shot he took it. Because <laughs> um, it would have been disastrous if he kept on trying to toss it. I would have loved to see that, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> to the the Nikes with um, the, what was Thumbtacks. it? Thumbtacks attached to the bottoms. Um, to see the broken mass and exposed gashes from both Phoenix and Pentagon to the daredevil maneuvers from the top of the cage around the cage the the power drivers the Canadian destroyers from the top tippy top I thought they were going to do a Canadian destroyer from the top of the cage I was scared to death I was scared to death I I share the same sentiment because when I go up I'm like this is not going to turn out well this is not gonna turn out well, bro. And it, and it, and it, it did. Was, it did. <laughs> and it did. It was. It was a moment where I legit, you know, like when when you were younger watching a scary movie. Well, not you, but like you know where you cover your face and look through the middle of your fingers, yeah. like ah, like because I know yeah. you love your horror flicks, but like that's how I felt. I was like this is not gonna turn out good. <laughs> Man, I, I gotta say this. I am. I am literally in awe, and this is me all the time. Whenever I see Ray Phoenix, the fact that this guy is not moreover that he is it, yeah. it, it, it still bewilders me because of the fact that this guy has one of the best comebacks in wrestling history like this guy makes you feel for a comeback if there's anyone better with a comeback in wrestling right now it's probably daniel bryan brian danielson we'll probably talk about him a little later but man this guy fires you up he does the baby face comeback he makes you cheer for him that one near fall that when penta was about to get pinned and he just comes out of nowhere for that save like these guys can't take anymore these guys are bloodied and gashed why are you still fighting i love that part of the storytelling of like you really don't have anything left why are you still shoving him off from the pin that it was brilliant right. storytelling we we give a lot of shit to the young bucks but this match was perfectly orchestrated it was it was it was just to begin with what you said it was kind of like all right dude just just give up take take the three take the three because y'all, y'all just getting devastated y'all just getting mauled y'all running into a meat grinder not saying that the lucha bros didn't have offense in the match but you felt that disparity you felt that uh how can i say that uh oh my god i'm i'm, at a, I'm lost for the words right now um 
yeah, when but, somebody feels like that they don't have a chance. What's that word? Um, and that 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 despair. That despair, yeah. Like no matter how hard you claw, you, you you're helpless. You're helpless. Yeah, there helplessness. You go. That helpless helplessness feeling. You got that from the looks on their faces from Penta when he was a bloody mess when he took the super kick with the thumbtacks to the face for this his brother. For his brother, that was a key moment. Like you said, we have not seen brother storytelling, family bonds, which I always sit here and say, what makes a great tag team is blood. That's what makes a great tag team, no matter what, is blood. And when he threw himself to sacrifice, you know, himself for his baby brother, that right there was like, oh my God, this is great. And like, it was tit for tat when they were on the the, the side of the ring outside where you were like, okay, well, I'm about to pile drive your brother. You beating up on my brother, so I'm gonna beat up on yours. Exactly. Like, everything it was great the cage was just being used phenomenally um from the beginning of the opening it was just people being thrown into it people being super kicked into it um like you said it was 22 minutes and some change but it felt like an eternity because that's how gripped and full of emotion this match was where you saw the lucha bros willing to die and they spilled blood for these tag team titles and yeah man it for me tag team match of the year and possibly one of the best tag team matches that I've seen in my lifetime. That's how Oof. great it was. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the the shocking end of the match mm-hmm. league going over the Young Bucks. Yeah. And yeah. getting the tag team title. And the ovation from the crowd. That, that's the, I think that was the scariest part for me. Is like, can the Lucha Brothers really invoke that, that fan ovation if they were to win? Are they the right team to go over the Young Bucks right now with their heel run that they're going through? And man, did, from, from Twitter to live, uh, the live ovation that we saw, um, hands down, these guys mm-hmm. showed why they did You know what it would also help that and correct me if I'm wrong. Like we said, uh, the Young Bucks, ha- they had beyond too much heat. They didn't need any more heat. <laughs> and halfway during the match, when they pulled out the thumbtack Jordans, I was like, bro, y'all just have a ridiculous amount of heats for no reason. Um, what helped? I, honestly, like you said, it has to be a hot babyface tag team. We thought it was going to be Jungle Express. I, for one moment, said Varsity Blondes, but they still need to get their, you know, uh, over you know they still need to get over a lot um what helped i mean the lucha bros it was i was going for them but it was very unexpected what helped them to get over as well correct me if i'm wrong was the fact that they got the living snot beat out of them yeah that's what it really was like you like like you said you felt the helplessness with them you're like all right just end the match already it's done Mm -hmm. next tag team but no they that 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 last five minutes of ray phoenix just going crazy and then of course you know the tag team tandem that both of them gave to the young bucks um fantastic uh, i thought yeah. this oof, um mm-hmm. ah, it, it was it was it, it leaves you speechless bro it was a great match like alone like you said there is no need for a cage these dudes could tear the house down just in a regular singles tag team match you get what i'm saying like no rules or nothing just straight wrestling and with the with the environment that the cage added to the storytelling to the helplessness to everything it was just a well-oiled machine man yeah i, I will I, after absorbing everything that i saw last night i will say this is probably my match that night because kojima was was gonna be there but the emotions i yeah. felt and then the surprise ending really just yeah. it really just yeah it slapped me in the face right now so good on the lucha bros man like as amazing as they both are as singles competitors 
even better together. Yeah, just straight yeah. up. And I think down the road, we're probably definitely going to see the breakup happen. Yeah. And just the, imagine the wars that they have with other people. Imagine <laughs> the shit that they're going to do to each other. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my saw, God. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be insane. We saw a little glimpse when they had, you know, Eddie Kingston dropping the poison yeah. in Penta's ears. We saw some phenomenal matches on Dynamite. Just imagine when they go full-blown rivalry. Yeah, if y'all are a fan of Lucha Underground, you've seen matches, you're gonna you're in for a treat if they ever go that direction. Mm-hmm. So lights out match between Ray Phoenix and Penta. Sign oh, yeah. me up right now. In the temple. Um, yeah. oh, yes. Yes. Um so to kind of go over that match right there and kind of follow up, that's very hard to follow. And I don't know if this was the right match to follow, but it worked out pretty okay. But this was the Casino Battle Royal. I won't I won't go over all the wrestlers that, that were in this yeah. match as well, too. But do you feel like they presented it a tad bit better this year, or at least this go-around with the females? Um, mm-hmm. I felt like they gave... The concept is still weird. Like they, you're all coming out to the to the to the colors or what? The Ace of Spades. <laughs> yes, exactly. To like to the cards, if you're yeah. spades or clubs, which is confusing of its own right there. But I feel like they gave love to at least everyone coming out there. I I enjoyed it. You know what? I, actually, I enjoyed this one much better than the Brian Cage one. Okay. I think. I, I like this con- I don't I don't remember if they had this concept for the Brian Cage one that's just how really invested I wasn't into it but um I enjoyed it where like you said you come out everybody drew a diamond all these females came out from the diamond it almost felt um even though it was all ladies for themselves but it almost had like a little team warfare to it which I enjoyed you know like oh we're diamonds we got to go over because we saw a little bit of you know bonds being formed but at the end of the day it was just all for yourself so I enjoyed that that was pretty cool and it's a way also of just speeding up the process not just sitting here with you know oh, every 10 seconds or something a lady right. to come out you get what I'm saying so it's just kind of like giving us this big match and just shorter amount of times then with the whole Joker concept which is freaking phenomenal because you give that surprise entrance which you can just you know bring more surprises down the line which we saw ruby soho just debut last night in the house just went bonkers i think that's what helped this match follow up that penta and young bucks match where we got that surprise people were kind of knowing like hey it's gonna be ruby soho so i think that's what helped and that's why i followed um that match that tag team match um but it, it was good i enjoyed it bro i feel like every lady had their moment oh my god every time i want i, I need me so i got a fever and the only prescription is more red velvet <laughs> like when she came in there and just wild out with that spear yeah bro, like red velvet is just doing phenomenal things i think everybody had their moment um we also felt at one point hey nyla rose could go over any moment now so it 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 gave you some players that we thought like were okay they're gonna win but oh shit they just got eliminated so it was very you know keeping you on your toes i enjoyed the match from top to bottom i think um the result i am not too happy with ruby soho going over i feel like it's too early for her but we'll see what they do but overall it was a great match yeah, you make excellent points. You know, Ruby Soho over like Rover when it came to that whole building. It was expected, yes, but you know what? Sometimes when you're expecting things and you finally get it, it makes it even better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does. It does. Don't don't swipe the rug under me just for the <laughs> fuck of it. Like, why? Like sometimes it just works. And if you're gonna do that, make sure you have a better surprise. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, this worked for me. Um 
very happy with the match. Um, everybody did have some moments. I feel like there was, I wouldn't say favoritism, but people had more moments than other people. Like a big swole getting eliminated made no really sense to me. I feel like she should have had some kind of moments since we haven't really seen her prominent. It was nice yeah. to see her wrestle a little bit more uh, on a main card. Uh, I thought Ty Conti was going to have a little bit more, but yeah. it didn't happen. Uh, I thought Anna Jay was going to have a little bit more as well, too, yeah. and it didn't happen. Um, the person that probably got the most love in this match was Penelope Ford. She stood in there for a hell of a long time, and yeah. I was surprised. I mean, I guess that's their one of their pet projects, rock and roll. Um, Thunder Rosa, over like fucking hell. Um, Nyla Rose using her correctly. Finally, it took like what two years to use this shit correctly. Like, I, I love the fact that she is your big monster. You need to keep her as your big monster. Don't put comedy, don't put this, don't put that. She is a person to be reckoned with, and you need the whole the whole landscape I'm, to jump her. Uh, um, yeah, bro, being used correctly. I, I, I still sit here and stand by throwing her with Vicky is detrimental. I'm yeah. waiting for her to turn on Vicky and just go back to the beast that she is. You know, we're seeing that gradually. So, but you're absolutely correct. Used correctly. Um, I think that's what kind of kept people's on their toes. You know, like you said, oh, I was waiting for a big swole moment. Uh, I thought Ty was going to go over, honestly. And the yeah. fact that she didn't get that big of a moment, that's what kind of startled me. Like, oh, crap. You know, so. Same here. Like, not even that, too. Like, um, I mean, she had a moment. I think Jay Cargyle had moments, but I feel like we were she robbed. Was, she was about to have a wardrobe malfunction. Yes, That's she, what she was. was. About to have. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were happy about that. Oh, oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we were a little robbed, though. I, I wanted to see that big like showdown that we usually get at Royal Rumbles when those those two competitors finally lock eyes, and yeah. I want that like Nyla Jay stare yeah. down and maybe even down the yeah. road we'll get it but i feel like we could have had that moment it would have been fun for the audience but you know it, it was a fast match you know your final competitors were thunder rosa and ruby soho um i felt the intensity for both of them i love thunder rosa's aggression bro like the way she fucking has a match you feel every part of her not every match yeah. is the same with her the way she, she reminds me of kevin owens where she's just talking throughout the match yeah. and making it as intense as possible yeah she um she brings out that that feistiness that's in her blood you know that latina feistiness she's talking in the match every match she gives it a hundred whether it's for the title whether she knows she's not going to go over that she's going to do the job kind of like with diana perrazzo yep um she gives it 110 she goes out there and i love when she screams i'm la mera mera like bro <laughs> yo she's she she chops like a man bro like, <laughs> when, when she was hitting ruby soho with those chest chops i was feeling them i'm like bro i don't want to take a, a thunder rosa chest chop everything is just a hundred with her and it's great i felt the intensity from ruby you know where she was just slapping her like let's go let's go i'm here let's do the damn thing um I did enjoy the the ending moment of the match where it was just like, bro, these women are super kicking each other. These women are dropping each other on the the ringside. They, they at any moment one of them could go out. So that was pretty phenomenal. Um, I'm just very happy at what we got with the interjection of Ruby Soho. Like you said prior to the women's match, um, when we were talking about it, that there a lot of people are very critical of the women's division. I think right now you have three possibly the four solid cornerstones for your women's division. That's Brit. That's, I will sit here and say, Chris. Chris Statlander is phenomenal. Chris Statlander, um, Ruby Soho, and Thunder Rosa, bro. And okay. this this division can flourish now with these four pillars. Okay. Uh, you know what? Uh, 
I want to say Chris as much as possible. I mm-hmm. agree with everyone else. I will substitute Chris for you. Okay. Well, because I haven't seen a bad match of Ty Conti. Hmm. Okay. And I know I'll she's relatively young. I get it. Like so, I know she's young, but she makes up for it with her unique wrestling style. You know, throwing the judo and jujitsu. Yeah. I think it, it just looks very authentic. So. Like I said, I have not seen a bad Ty County match, so I, I, I'm gonna put her up there. But if I were to have to like put a more of an OG there, oh, uh, like OG mm-hmm. wrestler, I'm still gonna say Sheeta. Ooh, oh, I, I, I I'm but see, she has been she she's been getting job. Like even when she yeah. came out, she kind of got jobbed. Yeah, and she got eliminated super early, bro. That's yeah, your man. that's your pandemic champion right there. You got rid of them that crazy yeah. early, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough to see, but she's a solid fucking wrestler. I, I I'll give you the tie over the Sheeta because okay. to me, I still like I feel that Sheeta has not evolved whatsoever. Like, and to me, I feel that the fact that we get two different Sheetas from Dynamite to Dark, yeah, that that's what doesn't do it for me like give me this Sheeta that I see on dark across the board you know Ty Conti I'll give you that one but to me I think where she makes up for her you know her youngness her inexperience I dare say a little bit not much is where her charisma and her kooky style that she has which you hit yeah. the nail on the head where she incorporates that judo and that MMA background great so I'll give you I'll give you that I'll give you that but I still stand by Chris Stetlander just because she is a big force and she can just you know because sometimes you need that big woman that can just ragdoll and i think that could yeah. be her yeah no I, I believe that wholeheartedly ruby soho gets the win getting a future shot at the aw women's championship i agree with you that you know maybe she should have went over because the chase is more valuable than the actual uh gaining of the championship and we don't want to see her get jobbed out but also that is just a nice fucking way for seeing ruby soho to win in new york city as well too against Britt baker yeah that's what i was gonna say that can be something good but thinking about it now there is ways of saving her she does have two heaters dmd with exactly so definitely i can see ruby being saved Jamie Hayter was in that match for a long time as well, too. I still believe that that's the project they're going to go on with for Britt Baker. I believe that you're going to see some dissension, which you're already seeing dissension between her and Reba Rebel. Um, I I definitely believe that we're going to see the the desolation of that faction. And of course, Hayter turning on Britt Baker and Britt Baker being a babyface, which I think everyone's going to want to see pretty soon, too. So a lot to look forward to in women's division. It's getting a lot better. And with all these new acquisitions, very happy. Question. Uh, Go for it. Were you, uh, how did you feel about the inspirations not showing up? Yay, nay, didn't care for it. Yay. Okay. Very yay. I I, I really do not see a place for them in AEW. Agreed. Um, I agree with that. I, I, as much as I love, um, Peyton's wrestling style, even though she didn't get to show it that much in, in the main roster. Uh, if she's still trying to pull the inspiration gimmick, the iconics gimmick with Billy Kay, you're kind of still going down Divas territory. Yeah. That kind of only works with the NWA or Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling, which is fine for them because they both have tag team divisions now. And if mm-hmm. you could just work a contract where, you know, they can go f- from NWA to, to Impact back and forth and trying to work on both divisions, then that's that's a solid deal, in my opinion. That, that works out and makes the divisions more, um, uh, it builds a better division mm-hmm. for both brands. So I think that's their trajectory. 
I, I agree with you just before we move on real quick I agree 100% the fact that you're still called the inspirations it still shows that you're not over your WWE diva chapter yeah. and the way you presented it presented it you hear me the way you presented it that you guys are back and you're together and you're touring i don't get it i, I mean i really wasn't a fan of it because if you want to show me that yo you're serious as i've seen some talent when they've gotten released from wwe they went out there oh the inspirations are back on tour and fucking thongs like bro i yeah i could care less about that you get what i'm saying like show me show me that wwe messed up releasing you 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 still look like full-blown divas so now that was the only thing I will say this though, there is a place for that in wrestling and there is a place for that kind of heel in wrestling mm -hmm. as well too. I'm so beautiful, I'm better than you. Like kind of what Eva Marie does on Raw, like I get it. I think there's a place for it, but done right. And if yeah. you can wrestle too, it's even better. Um, I think they could be, th and I'll, I'll say this, this is all with respect as well too, because I don't think that they were bad whatsoever, but I think they could be the 2021 version of the beautiful people on Impact true that's absolutely a phenomenal point that you make because also their wrestling is not that bad and i love the comparison because while they were in nxt they were phenomenal yep. Peyton royce and billy k doing their things you know billy k was that believe it or not she was that hard heavy hitter she used to deliver some phenomenal big boots yep so um you're right they have the wrestling but i do like that comparison with the beautiful people so let's get on to the next match which a match where people were 50-50 on, but they were invested on. You know, they really were hammering down that this could be Chris Jericho's last match in AEW. Chris Jericho takes on MJF, essentially a career match. Um, hmm. Let's just start off with this. How did you hmm. like the entrance of MJF? <laughs> he that schmuck of a man. <laughs> Bro, that dude is a schmuck. I love MJF. But right there, what you did, you were a schmuck, MJF. Like, bro, he had me fooled. He had the crowd fooled. The crowd was counting down to the Y2J countdown. I was like, bro, I even did the little, the arm stretch, you know, when he was standing yeah. and he used to do the Y2J. I'm like, yo, we about to get Y2J. Let's go. And then you just see Chris Jericho's last match. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, bro, good heel stuff. That was great, man. How'd you feel about it? I loved it. First of all, I thought like, oh, they're getting sued. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, somebody about to get sued Word. real quick. But uh, I was happy. It was a great heel move. MJF just still shows there's levels to this. Even from yeah. him coming into the ring and having Audrey Edwards take off the ring off his big Yes, yes. Phenomenal. Fantastic. Everything he mm -hmm. does it, it, it is planned out to the T, which is what I love. He is a student in the game, and the, the fact that the announcers put it over and we'll put it over as well, too. He's still in his early 20s. There's so much that he can do still in the next 10 years. It's going to be epic. It's, like I like yeah. the slow burn that we get with him. Mm -hmm. I agree. This dude is a student of the game. This guy is an old soul of wrestling. I have not seen, you know, this type of heel, single heel in a minute, bro. He, if if he continues this, he gives me, you know, uh, Iron Sheik, Sergeant Slaughter vibes. You get what I'm saying? When he yeah. betrayed USA. So um, it's just phenomenal. It shows the brilliant mind that he has for the wrestling game. Imagine yeah. this right here. Oh, he goes to Queens. So he's from New York and yep. he just... 
shits all over New York. It does Bro. shits. It like says like Buffalo's better or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I would love that, bro. Just even more heat. And you know the New York fan base is rabid. Yeah. So they would just eat him up, bro. Like that would be great if he does that, bro. And then, you know, he's that typical dude to just spit in people's faces, bro. Like, and he's very ballsy. Like I told my dad yesterday watching, I was like, that's that's what I love about him. Because you can tell he's also a old school, I don't give a fuck type of wrestler that if you make an attempt at me, I will drop you where you stand. You yeah, know what I'm saying? He's in front of people's faces. <laughs> yes. They literally could punch him if he wanted to. The security exactly. guard was ready to jump. Bro, that's what I love about him. And that's what is needed. There are not that many wrestlers nowadays that can take that heat or want that heat. We used to see that back then. And MJF was one that he'll take all the heat. I love you. Yeah. Um, Chris Jericho comes out to a, to a rendition of Judas with one of his guitarists as well, as well too. I think Terrible. they were trying to Terrible. capture the, 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 the Rick Boog thing that they're doing on SmackDown with yeah. Shinsuke. Yeah. Doesn't work out that way. I was kind of like, how how is this your song and you're fucking missing the beats for the audience? Yeah. I much I would have much done better without him and yeah. just because this for me if this was jericho's last match i feel like just a tad bit it kind of stole away you know this should have been personal with the fans don't don't bring in the guitarist from fozzy this should have just been the fans personally just singing for him you know what i'm saying so it and it took away from me i don't know i don't like it a tad bit i i felt like they were trying to do something special but it just did not work out the best way as possible but hey we got we got uh the match was a decent match you know what's hard about this match is that we've seen it so many times yeah. that it's hard to say okay what were you gonna do to outdo what we did last and i feel like this match didn't outdo what they did last you were right the match needed some kind of color the match needed some kind of stipulation the match needed something a little bit more just to make you invested in it um i don't think that it it, it brought down the audience i think the audience was still hot yeah. But I think the audience also was expecting a little bit more. And what we got was just a wrestler, uh, uh, a regular wrestling match, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like oh, these no. guys got what, 19, oh, sorry, yeah, 19 minutes and 30 seconds. So both of these guys worked their ass off. Yeah, that's that's all fine and dandy. But if you look at the Lucha Bros tag team, they fought for it. They bled for it. They, yeah. You got that helpless feeling like, I'll die for these titles. Jericho's last match, I didn't get that feels, bro. Me either. I, I didn't. I didn't get that like clawing for my career it can possibly be over no really facial agony expressions or just you know distraught in his face it was just like okay hey this is my last match whatever i'll be nonchalant about it you know and then like you said which i agree with you 100 percent, the ending did just not land the finish didn't stick i'm like eh, you know it was okay i'm actually a little bit disappointed of this match i won't lie that i'm not gonna say and sit here and say it soured my experience you know, but I expected it a little bit more. Same here. Um, it only further um, makes me speculate that the pinnacle is completely over because we only got one in, like, kind of, like, Warlow. yeah, Warlow's <laughs> That's it. coming down and nothing really happened because Hager came out. No one really cared about that either. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some kind of pinnacle, if that was still a thing, would have been good as well, too. But yeah. Something just missed. It did not feel like he was calling for his career. He ends with the walls of Jericho tapping out MJF. Not even like a, a beat down afterwards. Like it just felt like, oh, okay, we're here. We're done. 
next match. And it kind of sucks because with a lot of hype going into this and all the heat that MJF was getting for the last like couple of months, especially with this angle, um, this felt like the lowest point as this feud. If AEW had a slip up, sorry for cutting you off. And um correct me if I'm wrong, if maybe they did a little hiccup or a slip up, I think this uh at all out should have been the final labor. It should have yeah. been the final labor. hundred percent. You would have came in with a lot more hype going into this. I think since we saw it on Dynamite already, it made no sense. Yeah, agreed. So I think that's where they could have maybe capitalized and probably, you know, had a better type of field match to this. Yeah, because honestly, I think they they missed out the final the final labor should have been him and Sammy Guevara. Oh, that would have been phenomenal, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, fight one of your own and beat them. Yeah, fight one of your own, and that right there kind of and it would have been epic because you know Sammy Guevara is kind of like his right hand man. He picked exactly. them. You get what I'm saying? His so protege, his protege, exactly. Like you're gonna beat up your protege now if you want to get to me. Oh, bro, such a beautiful mind that you have for wrestling. Come on, <laughs> the the, the, lo- the less sex gods crumble. <laughs> <Word>. <laughs> That's great though. Um, but yeah, I mean, good match. And I feel like the crowd was generous. They could have poo-pooed on this match if they wanted to. But like I said, with the respect with the crowd, that they saw that this wasn't the the 10-star burner that it could be, but they still were invested and enjoyed the match regardless. And I'll say the same thing for the next match as well, too. CM Punk's debut match after seven years taking on the one Darby Allen. Um you could feel the length of the pay-per-view at this point as well too was a pretty long one but getting up to this point right here did you feel like the 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 crowd was still there for 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 this pay-per-view that the hypeness was still here especially for this match oh yeah i felt like the crowd was there all night especially for this match because this is your hometown hero you know yeah the crowd had everything cm punk from shirts to signs to you know whatever uh, paraphernalia you got (laughs) like I don't feel like the crowd was out of it, but I do agree a thousand percent with what you said. At that moment, that's when it hit me where I was like, oh shit, I won't lie. I kind of forgot about this match and the QZ Marshall, but that's just because, don't don't get me wrong. (laughs) It's crazy for me to go and sit here and say, I forgot about a CM Punk match because one, I was invested in everything else. And then two, that's when the length hit me. That's when I started feeling the brewskis because your boy was boozing. And I'm like, okay, like, it was a lengthy pay-per-view, but it was an enjoyable one, like other companies. But um, nonetheless, seven years, it, it woke you the hell up. It gave, you know, gave you that kick in the ass. Seven years where Punk has been away from the ring and, <clears throat> you know, seeing him wrestle against Darby Allen, which I think is a great comeback opponent. Nobody else could have taken this place where we know Darby can be very giving. And I think that's what CM Punk needed right now. He needed somebody very giving. Somebody um, also, like you said, the, the fan needs needs to be a little bit more, you know, chill because ring rust is real. So um, I think the fans were very, you know, kind of giving as well for CM Punk. And this, the style, like you said, it was kind of like lock for lock, hold for hold. It was a very grounded match, very slow, methodical pace, I guess, for CM Punk to get his joints, you know, greased up again. Yep. Um, but it, it was it was cool. It was cool. Did it live up to that seven year hype away? Maybe not for me, but it was a good match nonetheless. How did you yeah. feel about it? Yeah, great, great recap of that match right there. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, I, I was arguing in, in my head before the match started. Like, could this have been the match that you would have opened up the card with? Because you would have just had that organic CM Punk chant right then and there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
a couple things about this. I also feel that they spent a lot of time in Chicago the last three weeks. Yeah. So the freshness, and even Punk said it himself in, in certain interviews, that the freshness is going to wither away after a while. Um, but I felt like the amount of time spent in Chicago so far over the last three weeks didn't necessarily hurt it, but the luster was starting to die down a tad bit. But I was still invested. The entrance to CM Punk was still great. It wasn't as great as his first day coming in, hmm. but it was still good. Um, long tights, don't care. Um, I grew <laughs> into it. I grew into it. <laughs> it was That'll a little jarring much. at first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little weird at first, but I think if I watch it enough times, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, I, I, we almost lost the basketball shorts. I almost lost my shit there, but it's okay. <laughs> um, let's see. <sighs> The match itself, very slow pace, but very giving. Um, I'm okay with it, and I, I love the fans that respected the fact that this is not CM Punk from seven years ago as well, too. And this is a guy still trying to find his bearings right now. And I already see the stands already, just like I saw the stands for the Ruby Riot match saying, oh, they let a jobber go, now she's a star. Who'd have thought? Fuck you, buddy, okay? <laughs> okay. Same thing with this right here. So we waited seven years for this. Yeah, you waited seven years for a guy to wrestle his first match yeah. and have a decent match, not get too blown out, and have a good match for his home crowd. Now let's see what he does after this, okay? Especially if he's still hungry like he says he's hungry. Like he said, he had a boner when we saw the last two people made their debuts. Yeah. Um you have a lot of competition, buddy. There's a lot of people that can fucking out-wrestle you. So mm-hmm. if this makes you hungry to go day in and day out and train your ass off to be called the best in the world, I like that story. Now, the outcome of the match. I agree. Maybe Darby should have went over. If mm-hmm. you wanted to tell the story that CM Punk doesn't have it anymore. And I would have been on that roller coaster. I would have been for that because of the fact that it tells an interesting story you can't even beat darby allen why are you here now yeah um but for the fans for the fan favorite for the fan interaction for that good go home feeling it worked for me yeah you're right it it it, it was almost kind of like okay cm punk is gonna go over he has to go over it's a gimme we're in chicago right. i do i do agree though i would have much preferred if you would have went down the storyline route you know kenny omega style very weird storytelling where like bro you can't even be um darby why are you even here you saying you're the best in the world like go away <laughs> you know exactly like, wrestling, wrestling has passed you by you know so i think that would have been great long time storytelling I think so as well, too, but it's a risky thing, especially if you're doing it in Chicago, right? Yeah. I think if you would have done it anywhere else, it would have worked out. But since you're in Chicago, they want to see the hometown boy get that win. Um, oof. But we'll see what happens now with Punk. I, I think there's there's a lot of time spent. But what makes me happy is that he's not tangled in, the, in, any, in any belt situation. He's just yeah. there around accepting matches here and there. And that works. He's not like it's not like he's making like waves with Kenny Omega or making waves with Miro or anyone else. He's in a specific spot where hell, if QT Marshall wants to challenge him on Wednesday, he'll have that yeah. match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I so, agree with you. Yeah, we're good. We're I think we're good with that, and uh, we'll see what happens going forward with Punk. But I'm not disappointed. 
but I'm eager to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what happens next is a match I kind of want to skip, but Paul White uh, makes his <laughs> AEW. Paul White's your dude, though. <laughs> Fuck this guy, bro. <laughs> there is no reason for this match whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, Paul White defeats QT Marshall with Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado outside. But man, Nick Camarado versus Paul White would have been a better match. Yeah, um, phenomenal. Yeah, this match was uh, three minutes and ten seconds, as it should have been. And it was just Paul White coming out here with his uncomfortable black and blue outfit. Um, doing like his Christmas greatest hands. hits. <laughs> <laughs> doing his greatest hits, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the frying pan slap to the chest, the choke slam, the knockout punch, goal of the day. Mm-hmm. Was this needed? What no, was no. this needed? <laughs> it, it wasn't, but hey. Basically, at one, every pay-per-view has a down moment. Every pay-per-view has an effery. Every pay-per-view has a squash match. I mean, you know, this is kind of like, I, I got to say the joke. This is kind of like, you know, Sean Spears' cheeks coming out on the pay-per-view last time. This is the, the joke match, you know? Well, so, I don't know. If White has one of his last matches, I'm okay with him ending on his term. So, rock and roll for that. I mean, I, I think he can still go, but I think it was just not the right person it should have you know what like you said it made the billy uh the billy i was gonna say billy club it made, yes it made the billy gun turn kind of pointless kind of rhetorical like it sh- maybe should have been billy gun in that match he should have been like you know what f you qt marshall i don't want you right now i want billy, yeah. billy gun that makes total sense right there uh, at yeah. least they have some kind of history right exactly. um but I don't know. We'll see what happens with Big Show with with Paul White. He got called Big Show a couple of times. Um, So did Ruby Riot. Yes, (laughs) Jr. Get your shit together. This was um, definitely a Big Show match. I was trying to see if he does anything different. He did not. So we'll see what happens going forward. We have about like ten minutes left, so we'll kind of speed through the main event. Uh, Kenny Omega defends the AEW Championship with Don Callis on his side against Christian Cage, the current Impact Wrestling Champion. Uh, this match went 21 minutes and 21 and 20 seconds. This match was okay. Um, it was a good main event. The crowd was there here and there. I, I felt that they were there more for Omega than they were for Christian. And I can understand that. Um, the crowd probably was a little tired as well too at certain points. Um, that's why they try to do interesting things in this match, like um, the introduction of tables. On the background, there was a nice little spot where Christian went for a spear, threw a, a table on the outside, almost got impaled by one of the freaking legs. So thank God nothing happened there. Um, a nice little transition of, of spears from Christian where he did um, a backward spear, which I've never seen before, like a spear right to the back, to the, to the tailbone. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of submission attempts with a Texas Cloverleaf from Christian. I, I thought that was pretty cool. The match finally ended with a one-winged angel from the top rope. Of course, there was uh, interference from Gallows and Anderson as well, too, kind of saving the baby face a tad bit from the loss. But the one-winged angel puts out Christian Cage, and Kenny Omega gets that much-needed win to make him, you know, still a big draw or at least a big deal as champion right now. He gets that win back from Christian Cage. Christian gets his first loss in AEW, but he's still protected in this match. Now let's get down to the last couple of minutes of the podcast on the nitty-gritty that happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew somebody was coming out once I saw the length of the match and the talking, and you almost expected it. You're like, okay, who's coming out? Somebody's coming out. And then, by God, here shows up 
Adam Cole. I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, I You know what? He finished his contract. He went out legit clean. He, you know, did everything in his duty to his contract to WWE. He did it everything clean. And when I see him, I... I told I, I told you now nah, somebody got to pinch me. I don't believe it. I this is not Adam Cole because I just thought he was a lifer. I thought he was just loyal to Triple H. I thought they you know they, they threw him up. Yeah, I thought they grabbed him. I told you, bro. They threw a fat stack at him and possibly offered him a intercontinental championship run, honky tonk man style. You know, like bro, you're gonna be the longest reigning one. Stay here. And and then we saw him in the BT Sports promo with the package. I'm like, yeah, he, he ain't no way he's showing up. And when he showed up, I was like, holy fuck. That for me was a what the fuck moment. Holy shit. Whatever, you know, acronyms and all this nonsense that we chant for excitement. I was like, dude, and then when he jumped in, the pop that the crowd gave him when he did the Adam Cole, baby, I was like, this is so surreal. I don't believe it. And then when he super kicks uh, Jungle Boy, yeah. I'm like, he lined himself with the elite. I mean, like, bro, it was so great. You can bro, you can finish up the other half. Yeah. The little the little kisses from the young bucks to the cheeks as well too. Yeah, yeah, saying, what did you guys? He's like, what do you guys think I was gonna do? These are my best friends. Yeah, exactly, bro. It was so great. Um, this this gives some much I wouldn't say much needed but it, it adds a, a, a finer layer with the elite because I felt like what they were doing with the super elite with you know the Bucks and Gals and Anderson I get it but I felt like there was just somebody missing like kind of like a hangman where hangman yeah. was like his own guy but he was part of the elite I feel like we needed that person that's Adam Cole bro Mm-hmm. Adam Cole does his shit. He does. He be, he lives by the beat of his own drum. So it works that he's like this elite character, but also he's fucking Adam Cole. Like I can survive without you guys, but I'm here yeah. with you. You need someone like that. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens now with the Adam Cole dynamic. Um, they do the whole jump. The super elite goes goes ahead and jumps everyone from from the Jungle Express, to Christian, um, your boy. Kenny Omega saying, you know, there's no one right here in this company or any company that can defeat me. They're either They're retired or dead. Kenny Omega's God, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and then, of course, we hear a little bit of the flight of the Valkyries happen and a new theme song and Brian motherfucking Danielson makes his AEW debut coming out to a ruckus crowd saving the day going everywhere doing moves german suplexing people yeah. fucking uh running mean people and going to the save of christian and the jungle express align himself as an awesome baby face as well too put himself directly in the title picture yeah i'm okay with that i'm literally okay if we're not gonna have one person in the title picture like punk um, someone different right now, Daniel Bryan, this works. Yeah, it's him. It's him. Because if you don't want to, yeah, of course, like you said, we can't sky pocket, pocket you because I'm yes. trying to say punk. We can't skyrocket punk into that, you know? So that's going to be a slow burn, definitely. But I think Daniel Bryanson is the, uh, I, I said it backwards because I'm trying to hurry up. Um, I think he is the perfect character to interject here. I'm not saying sacrificial goat, but he's the old the goat. <laughs> that's, yes. That's yes. That just came <laughs> T-shirt now, the sacrificial goat. <laughs> that just came out. I'm thinking about 
scapegoat. Um, yeah, but uh, but I think he is the correct guy to do this. And then when we got the back to back, holy shit moments, bro, it, it was just like wow, man. And I like I like the, the, the battle lines were drawn, you know. Yeah. Uh, Brian with Jungle Express and Christian and the Elite. This is that's why, like you said, this was more uh, confirmation that the pinnacle is done. <laughs> like there's there's no more. This is the new you know team warfare that we're gonna get, and I'm all for it. Pinnacle's done, but it's okay because we have the battle lines drawn. This also shows you a mix of what you want to watch in AEW. You have your yeah. Adam Cole surprise, your Daniel Bryan surprise, but also you're also putting in like the Jungle Express, which are your day one people as well, too. Yeah. You know, your Jack Perry, your Luchasaurus is still there hanging with the main eventers as well alongside the Young Bucks and, and Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, and the Elite and whatnot. So I like this. It, it gives you what AEW is about. A little bit old, a little bit new, still fun. And that's what wrestling should be. So, um, right before we end this podcast, uh, let me la- get it. Last, yo. go, 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 go for it. Oh, last thing I want to get in. So sorry for cutting you off. This is my little last caveat. I'm still waiting for Jay White versus Kenny Omega, the real club. Let's there's, get there, it. There's a lot still <laughs> happening this year, man. We have so like I, I would have thought that they blew their wad too much last night, yeah. but fuck it it's moments that they're trying to also create and there is a long laundry list of free agents that are going to be um having their 90 days expired if not expired already mm-hmm. so if they're planning on any more surprises god damn it it's gonna come and if they're not going to do any surprises you already have a stacked roster to play with so with yeah. first time matches as well so they, they're just doing everything right in my opinion right now yeah they, they blew mm-hmm. their wad a little bit but in the right way in the best way for fans to be hyped yeah. about to generate as much hype as possible you know what sorry sorry yeah i like you said they they may have blown their wad may have but we don't care because what you did last night was super beyond fan service and it was just amazing yep um i want to hear your rating bro how many turnbuckle slaps you get oh, this event oh i'm gonna slap in the base three times i'm gonna I'm slap it three times bro like it Same was here. just it was a phenomenal event from top to bottom nothing wrong no flaws Maybe the Ruby Riot, maybe the Paul White, but I really don't care because everything, the product overall was phenomenal. So I slap it three times. Yep, I'll slap it three times as well, too. I'll slap it three times for the fans' interaction as well, too. Mm-hmm. This this fan base is like the ECW fan base of the old. Like, they will call you on your shit, but at the same time, they're loyal to you. Uh, they're there for the party. They're there for the ride. They're there to hang out and have a good time. It doesn't look like people are leaving this arena pissed off they're leaving this arena happy probably half drunk and half happy and all the way happy so um, (laughs) all the way drunk and all the way happy (laughs) all the way drunk and all the way happy they're all out (laughs) (laughs) they're full gear they're they're getting full geared (laughs) which is the next pay-per-view after this as well too but lots to look forward to as well too um going forward into this not that much happening going forward in the world of wrestling i mean we still have that new japan um uh studio show part two to come out this um, yeah um we have extreme rules coming from the wwe and of course bound for glory next month so it's gonna be fun man it's gonna be fun uh give me your credentials sir before we end this oh my credential is my instagram which is jay hashira that is all together uh my twitter is what is my Twitter? Oh, my Twitter is actually I changed it. Yeah, we the underscore we the fifteen. There you go. That's my oh, Twitter. fantastic. Oh. And no, I lied. My Instagram is also underscore we the fifteen. So those are both together in unison. Hit me up there if y'all guys want to chat. What about you, sir? What are your credentials? Ooh, 
whether you're gonna look me up at Lucha Val Cisco on Twitter, Lucha Val Cisco on Instagram, um, uh, Combat Academia. We talk about everything from professional wrestling to mixed martial arts as well. To my Combat Academia on Instagram, Combat Academia on the Twitter as well too and it has a Facebook page by Combat Academia so please look at those pages they are being updated daily as well too for your entertainment needs out there Mm -hmm. and of course the podcast if you want to listen to it Spotify, Apple Podcasts um, iHeartRadio like, comment, do everything even on Anchor over here you can leave a nice little voicemail if you're listening to us on Anchor and tell us what you think about the podcast in general as well too thank you Anchor for that um, as well but um, I think we are running out of time here. So I am going to say right now, thank you everyone for taking a ride with us. Thank you everyone for enjoying professional wrestling as it is. I'll say a good night. Mwah. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say nothing after that. That's the perfect caveat to end this. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been special. Thank you so much for your patience and the opportunity to let us uh, bring entertainment into your ear holes. Jay, it's been a pleasure as always. It's been a pleasure as always, brother. Take care and everybody. Later. Later. Thank you.